grace be with you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. In our series about the history of the Reformation, today our theme, The Morning Star of the Reformation. And we welcome all our visitors in the internet. We go back in history, 14th century, so we have a look at a map of Europe, 1400. And we have a special look at England. At this time, There is a special situation here, and we will try to find out what's going on at this time. At first we go back a little further to the year 1213. In England, this is the reign of King John. He has a quarrel with the Pope. And because of that, the Pope does a certain act which has such a, a strong influence on everything in England that the king is wounded, symbolically. Because the, pa the Pope tells the people in England that the king, because of his not being obedient to the Pope, will be excommunicated. So he is cut off from the Roman Catholic Church. And this means the king is no more a Christian. And this means the lords do not have to obey him anymore. Their oath they have sworn to the new king. It's good for nothing. Because they have sworn it to a Christian and now he isn't a Christian anymore. The king is demolished. Really. Now what to do? Now he, he becomes a very, a very begging person. He, he becomes very tiny in front of the Pope. And the person who is the one who the Pope has sent to England, he orders the king to show up in front of him, to be on the very ground, and to take the crown of the king of England and put it to the ground. The crown is put to the ground, the English crown. Ah, oh, this was hard. 
and even more, and this was a kind of showing repentance, what he had done, the king. And even more, from now on, the king has to pay a huge amount annually, year by year, to Rome. This was a shock for England and for the finances as well. But year for year, they had to pay. Years passed, 100 years passed, and there was another king on the throne, and he had financial problems, as is typical for kings, and he asked his minister for finances, what can we do? What can we do? And then the idea came up, well, this sum we have to pay for the Pope. We try something. We stop paying. Maybe Rome doesn't react. Okay? They did not pay. The year passed by. Rome's reaction? Nothing. So the next year, England didn't pay either. So the second year passed, Rome's reaction, nothing at all. The third year, fourth year, hmm, Rome didn't discover. So they, they had uh, so much money that they didn't even mention it. Years passed by, this king never paid any sum to Rome. So his follower, the king died, the next one, he did the same. If Rome doesn't react, why should we pay? So years went on and on and on. And then, one day, a letter came from Rome. And in this letter it was written, Oh, we have discovered you haven't paid what you should have paid to Rome last year. It's missing. Come on, pay. And the, the year before, we haven't got it either. And the year before that year, we haven't got it either. And then Rome discovered that England hadn't paid for 33 years. This was a sum, imagine. The, the sum which had to be paid in one year was big. Now, 33 years. Nobody could pay that. But Rome wanted to have it. And England was in such a disastrous situation Nobody knew what to do. And at this time, at that time, the star of Wycliffe began to shine. Wycliffe was professor of theology at Oxford University in England. And he was sent as a diplomat to the Netherlands, and he 
had a lot of experience with foreigners, with foreign diplomats, ambassadors. And Wycliffe, a theologian, came to the king, told him, well, no problem. I will write a letter to Rome. It will be good for you. Everybody is happy. Maybe it helps. Now, what was written in this letter? Wycliffe was a very clever person. Highly educated. And he wrote the following. So the Pope is the follower of Jesus Christ, isn't he? Ah, oh, that's it. If he is the follower of Jesus Christ, then he should act as Jesus acted, isn't it? Of course. Has Jesus ever done the following, namely collecting money from a governor? Had he ever done that? No. You why? Why should the follower of Jesus, the Pope, then collect money from the King of England? It's not in the opinion of Jesus to do that. So the follower of Jesus cannot do that either, the Pope. And then, the turning point, Wycliffe, in his arguments, went further on saying, for over 100 years, more than 100 years, England has paid to Rome, and this was wrong in the eyes of God. It shouldn't have been so. So it isn't so that England has to pay something to Rome these 33 years. Oh no. The Pope has to pay back to England for over 100 years. So suddenly the situation changed. <laughs> At first, England has to pay. And after this letter, it is clear, Rome has to pay. And the arguments were so thoroughly written and the texts from the Bible, they were so, so strong that the best scholars in Rome, they didn't know what to answer. And England was saved. <laughs> they got out of their financial troubles at once. And it was the task of John Wycliffe. He was the hero now. Now his, the, the star began to shine. Wycliffe, about him, everyone talked in England. Wycliffe, he has written the letter to Rome. He, he, his arguments, they, they have made the Pope to be just speechless. Oh, Wycliffe, Wycliffe, Wycliffe. He was the new star in England. And Wycliffe wasn't just silent then. He, he, he did even more. <laughs> he went on, further arguments, and he said, look at the Roman Catholic Church. 
Look here to priests, how they live. They do not care about moral standards. They do not preach anymore. They just live like landlords in luxury because they have money, 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 money. They eat what they want. They drink wine in huge amounts. They go to certain women all the time and pay for that. These are not the followers of Jesus. How can we heal this church? That, it, that his followers live like Jesus again. And now the argument of Wycliffe. Take away the money from Rome, from the Roman Catholic Church. Do not pay them anymore. Stop paying. And the church will be healthy again. Well, people listened with eagerness to this <laughs> argument. But imagine how Rome thought about this argument. Do not send any more money to Rome. Whew. Rome is the receiver. And then Rome won't be the receiver anymore. So Wycliffe became a hated person in the Vatican State. Very hated. They wanted to kill him. So the Roman Catholic bishops in England were ordered, take him, take him captive, Burn him on the stake. He has to be killed. A person who tells the people not to pay anything more to Rome. He has to be killed at once. So he was taken captive. They wanted to burn him. But the people, the students of Wycliffe, they, they got the information. They, they, they want Wycliffe to be burnt. And they all rushed to this building, came into it, many, many, many people. And because of this, this rush into this building, they were able to free Wycliffe. Next time, more mystery. Wycliffe again arrested in front of the bishops. This time the students didn't know anything. But then a man came in, sent by the queen, by the king's mother, so the queen. And in this letter it was written, John Wycliffe is under the protection of the queen, the king's mother, and you are not allowed to do him any harm. So Wycliffe couldn't be burned again. Next trial. This time, third attack on Wycliffe. It seemed no one can help him anymore. No one was informed. 
no one knew about it, they would burn him now. What happened? It was the end. It seemed it was the end of John Wickley. Suddenly, an earthquake, a heavy earthquake. And when there is such a heavy earthquake, everyone just tries to, to save his own life. They ran out of the building. And in all this chaotic situation, Wycliffe escaped. They couldn't kill him. But then there came a time, and this is our painting here, Wycliffe had become old. He was about to die. And the monks, they heard about it. Oh, our enemy. They hated him because he had said, take away the money from the church. Do not pay the priests and so on anymore. Then you will heal them. So, their enemy, Wycliffe, was about to die. So they, they quickly went to his chamber and said, Death can be seen on your lips. The color of your lips has already changed. Death is near. Now, repent. Repent. And say that you want to say sorry for what you have done. Now, when Wycliffe heard that, he begged his servant to help him. He was so weak. And when he sat up in bed, he looked at these monks. And then he said, I will not die, but live, telling everyone what you have done, which sins. They ran away. After that, Wycliffe got more strength. He lived some more years after that. And he succeeded in translating the Bible into the English language. But printing hadn't been invented yet, so it had to be copied by handwriting. Students did that job. There was an English Bible by handwriting. But the handwriting of those times was like printing. So wonderful, wonderfully painted letters. It, it, it's, it's great to look at such an old manuscript. Wonderfully made. In the end of Wycliffe's year, uh, life, in the year 1378, to have a look at this map, something happened. A new pope was elected in Avignon. 
And the candidate who would have liked to be the Pope but hadn't been elected, what was the reaction of this person? He said, I should have been the Pope. This one, no good idea to elect him. I am the right Pope. And he didn't want to accept the election of the other Pope. He said, I am the right one. He put up his regency in Rome, the other one in Avignon, and suddenly we had two Popes in history. And this continued. It continued for nearly 40 years. Because both popes said, I'm the right one, I'm the right one. The other one is the Antichrist. And Wycliffe said, well, that's for the first time I've heard the truth of a pope. When they told each other that the other one is the Antichrist. This was Wycliffe. There is an interesting aspect in 1409, there happened something else. To, to correct this situation that there are two popes, a third pope was elected. And this third pope, he wasn't even a priest. He he was of the military force. And he never had studied theology. But, but he was a very good speaker. And he could lead. A military man. And his followers elected him. At first, they said, Now you are a priest without studying theology, just from one hour to the other. Then, next day, they made him cardinal. And a few hours later, he was made the new pope. A person who had never studied theology, had never been a priest, became a pope within 24 hours. He was the third one. The other two, they said, it's, it's ridiculous. There is no pope. But, but he considered him to be a pope. John XXIII. Later on, he, he wasn't recognized in the list of popes anymore. But at this time, it was so. At this map here, we find something very, very interesting. We see how Europe is divided with several colors. The blue color means these states pay their sums to the Pope in Avignon. The brown color means they pay to the Pope in Rome. And then we find this color here, these lines, here and here. It's red, blue. They follow the third pope and pay their sums to him. Now, 
some interesting aspects. Portugal, in 1380, they were blue, bait to Avignon. The Pope in Rome heard it and said, pay, pay the sum to me. It's cheaper when you pay to me. So they changed. For another year, for two years, they paid one year for Rome, the next year for Avignon, three years for Avignon, then for Rome again. So Portugal, they, they just switched from one pope to the other. They paid the one who wanted to receive less than the other one. <laughs> who makes it cheaper? They have, we pay. <laughs> so they had one year this pope, the next year this pope, and then it went on like this. And we have more areas like this. Here, then here in Austria, sometime Pope Avignon, who gets the money, then the Pope in Rome. So it was really ridiculous. Three Popes! And therefore, there was an assembly of Roman Catholic priests, cardinals, they met here in Constance from 1414 till 1418 for four years. All three popes were sent into the desert, so they were dismissed, and a new one was elected. That was the end of this separation in Europe. Here a pope, there a pope, and another pope. Three ones at the same time. And, which is really surprising, they had such a hatred towards Wycliffe, who was already dead for, for decades, more than 30 years. And they ordered something which happened a few years afterwards. So nearly 40 years after the death of Wycliffe, do you know what happened? They started digging up the bones in Wycliffe's grave. Digging up the bones, putting them on the stake, and burning the bones of Wycliffe, nearly 40 years after his death. Can you imagine the hatred? He had been the one who had told the king, you are not forced to pay any more to Rome. He is the follower of Christ. He isn't allowed to get money from you. It's not what Christ has told us to do. And he was the one who had said, stop paying all these priests. The, the church will be healed when she has less money. Therefore, his bones were dug up, burned. And then they took the ashes of the bones, threw it into the brook, which goes into a river, 
river to the sea. And so they thought, <laughs> the ashes of the bones of Wycliffe, they, <laughs> they are in the, in the big seas on this planet. He will never be risen from the dead. He will be risen. That's no problem for God. But it's a fine picture. Because the ideas are wicked. They have gone round the world. Everywhere. They have spread all over the globe. He was the first. He's the morning star of the Reformation. John Wycliffe, professor of theology at Oxford University. He is the one who gave the English people the English translation of the Bible. He was the one who opened the eyes of the bad habits of the priests, the monks. And the queen was so fond of him that she sent missionaries from England to her home area, Bohemia, Böhmen. She wanted that a reformation that it had started in England should start in Prague as well. But that's another story for another session. Let's give thanks to God. Our Heavenly Father, you made John Wycliffe to a morning star of the Reformation. You gave him the wisdom. You filled him with your Holy Spirit that he got the right ideas at the right time to prepare Europe for the Reformation. Thank you, O oh Lord, that you, in your love, that you made John Wycliffe to a person who helped the people to open their eyes for the truth and to be freed from the yoke of Rome. Thank you, O Lord, that you love us so much and that you help us to find back to the Bible. Thank you, O Lord.